And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And if you haven't done so yet, check out our weekly email where I share actionable website and B2B marketing tips, useful podcasts, free goodies, resources, and more to kick off your week with a bang. Why not give it a trial over at businessgrowth.email. I've got Tara Robertson joining us on the show. She's a demand generation manager over Chili Piper. Tara, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for having me back, Sam. No worries. So today we're going to be talking all about why you shouldn't discount and how it's actually going to grow your B2B company. So I'm sure a lot of people are reading this headline and thinking, Hey, discounts, well, they're, they're not, not something we like to do, but they usually get deals <laughs> over the line. So first and foremost, Tara, a very wide open question, but why shouldn't companies discount? I thought it was like the done thing. <laughs> Especially in software, right? It's a pretty common thing that people, for sure, that's the way to get the signature, get it over the line. Um, yeah, so this was really inspired by our head of sales wrote a post all about this because it's a question that we get a lot at Chili Piper. So like a lot of software, we're based on number of seats or number of licenses is how we charge. So a lot of companies that charge that way, you can kind of work your way into a deal, get a discount at the end of the month kind of thing. So there's a ton of reasons why we don't discount. But I think the biggest one for me is, especially as someone who, as a marketer that buys software is I want to know that I'm getting a fair deal and I'm paying the right. same as everyone else. And once you start getting into discount territory, you start to have people comparing notes saying, hey, I only paid 10 bucks a month, but my friend over here is paying 20. What's up with that? Why? Like I referred them to you guys. So it's just kind of a slippery slope of impacting that whole customer experience. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing. Like for me, practically, it sounds amazing. I mean, it sounds like, well, if we could never discount a customer, it means our profit margins are going to stay consistent. Our revenue growth is going to be consistent. Um, and also, like you mentioned there, it's not going to cause friction between customers or prospects in our sales pipeline, because perhaps they've heard from maybe a friend or a contact <laughs> that they got a deal, they got 5%, 10% off their annual subscription or whatever it may be. And they've told them and they're thinking, well, why is the sales rep not offering me this deal? Like, I'm quite annoyed. Like, I really want them to give me this now. So I can see that it can cause a few headaches as well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, on, and we're all lot. about eliminating that friction kind of earlier in this sales process. That's so our whole deal as a company. So it just makes sense that we would extend that down the funnel as well and try to eliminate that friction when you're in that kind of opportunity stage and you're close to making a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... How does how do you recommend teams handle it? So I mean, it's it's a common thing, right? Especially like you say in software sales, in tech sales. How how do your team handle it when when prospects do say, "Well, look, I'm I'm really interested in the product. I like what you guys are doing. I like what you put together. But if you can just give me a, a, a slight discount, then I'm happy to sign today or this week or whatever they're they're trying to push on you." I mean, how how does your team or how do you recommend people handle that? Yeah, I think. Again, if you do discount that one time to get a deal signed, other people will probably hear about it. So it's not going to be a one-time thing, which is the one thing that we definitely keep in mind. Um, the other piece is that we just know that, that again, going back to that friction and making the sales cycle faster. If you think about the last time you bought something, 
Yep. That back and forth of negotiating is usually what took the longest, right? So we're trying to eliminate that. And right. one way that we approach it on the sales side is we work with the customer to say, hey, what are your goals? When do you want to be live with this on right. your website? And we try to position it that way versus let's sign by the end of the month just because I want to hit my quota as a rep. It's more positioned of how can we get that customer hitting their goals faster and work with their timeline. Got it. And it's... Is that one of the main things that you think enables you to, as an organization, organization and other organizations too, to to not discount is to actually more so align with the customer, understand what their goals, their pain points, their objectives, their timelines are, and make sure that you achieve and deliver on that. And then, like we've we've had sales trainers on the shows in the past, where you, you kind mm-hmm. of say, well, look, when we initial initially chatted in your discovery call, you said that you needed this in place by this date. Because if that doesn't happen, then maybe, I don't know, you're you're going to miss your financial end of year or you're going to miss this certain sales target you've got or your website's going to counter issue or whatever that was. And then go back to that rather than placing emphasis on the on the actual size of the deal or the, the pricing. Right, exactly. It's more about you came to us originally or we talked to you originally and you agreed that there was a problem that we could fix together. So let's work towards that versus discounting like $10 here, $10 there. It's just working towards that final goal instead. Yeah. 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 And share a bit more with us Tara about how it can mm-hmm. actually speed up sales cycles. Cause I'm quite interested to, to know what's, what's happened for yourself or any, any examples that you could share with us on, on that side of things. Yeah. So just from personal experience, when I've reached out to different companies and kind of put the question of, Hey, I have to ask, do you, guys do discounts how does that negotiation process work typically if they don't respond no right away then that really drags out the process at least in my experience so obviously our sales team their goal is to close deals they want to make the customer happy get them up and running on their site they don't want to be kind of going back and forth and we know the more steps in that sales process the more likely you are to lose the deal right and have them kind of just dragging their feet, maybe looking at other options. So we just want to make it super transparent of how much you'll pay and what the value is that you'll get out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I get that as the, the haggling, the negotiation process can take mm-hmm. quite a bit of back and forth, especially if there's a lot of stakeholders involved. And if you're doing it on emails and it's going back and forth on threads or you're organizing calls, then I can see that that can mm-hmm. push back timelines. Um, yeah, so in terms of kind of that side of things, I know when um, I know the article you put together and when we were discussing pre-show, you mentioned that the dark funnel can can help when it comes to not discounting. Um, so I'd love to know, or I'd love you to share a bit more with the audience about what the dark funnel actually involves and how this can kick into play here. Sure. Yeah. So if you follow any of our content, you might have heard us <laughs> speak about this before. But at a super high level, it's by the time, especially in B two B, by the time your prospect books a demo, reaches out to contact your sales team. They've done their research. They've talked to their peers. They're checking you out in communities. They might even already know what your pricing is just by asking in, say, a Slack community for marketing ops, for example. So if you're trying to kind of change the pricing on them or offer discounts to certain customers and not everyone, that will get out there. People will find out. So that's the way that we like to think of it as really just making your pricing as transparent as possible um, and channels like, again, those communities, even things like G2 or other um, review sites where you can post that pricing. If you can be as transparent as possible, then 
you're just going to get more qualified people coming to you, right? Because if you think in your head, oh, this tool must cost around $100 a month, but really it's more like 1000 or 10000 maybe you'll kind of self-disqualify <laughs> yourself and you'll look at another solution instead. So you might lose some people right off the bat, but you'll have much more qualified people coming to talk to your sales team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like you say, that's certainly the way things are going. People do a heck of a lot more research nowadays, whether that mm -hmm. is checking out your website, maybe they've seen you on social media, they've seen some of your um, company team personal posts, and they've gone through to your site, or maybe they've seen your, your company, your brand posts, or maybe they found you on a search engine, or maybe they've seen you on a review site, and then they're checking out your, your site, they're checking out more mm -hmm. about what you do, your pricing. And then like you say, uh, then maybe they're speaking to their peers, or they're in a community group with kind of like-minded individuals and they're talking about the product, like what products do you recommend for this, this service? And then they're saying, well, this is great, but maybe the price is this. And so there's a lot mm -hmm. that goes on, like you say, in the dark, dark funnel, dark social behind the scenes that you can't necessarily yeah. control. But if you're, if you are discounting, if you are changing your pricing, if you are offering people special discounts then it could be, I guess, hamstringing you, um, because people are basically speaking and you're never going to know about those conversations behind closed doors. Yeah, exactly. And it's tough to keep on top of everything, which is kind of where the whole dark comes from, right? I mean, you can have social media managers, you can have community managers, but you can't see every conversation that's happening. And I know just for myself, I've seen conversations of, hey, how much did you guys pay for this in a Slack channel with like 50 marketers? And that company yeah. probably isn't <laughs> in that Slack channel. So they don't even know this conversation is happening. But then a whole thread will start of, oh, just wait till the end of the month, wait until this, and you can get 10% off. So those conversations are happening, whether you can see them or not. Because mm. that's probably one of the one of the biggest things for, for salespeople, especially like end of month, end of quarter, because mm -hmm. typically, not every organization, but a lot of organization offers incentives, whether that is commission, whether that's bonuses, whether that's trips away for president's club, so a lot of sales reps, I, I feel, feel a lot of um, pressure to, to hit targets. Have your, have your team kind of had any kind of conversations around that? Or have they just put in place, like, these are, these are firm guidelines, um, guys, and they need to be followed? Or has there been any, has there been any, I guess what I'm asking really is, was there any pushback internally? Yeah, so what's interesting is when, and it, we have a chart on this in the article that I could share if people are interested, but we actually still do have our biggest days towards the end of the month, even though we don't discount. So when I joined, that was a surprise to me because I had not come from a company that had this policy before. It's pretty unique. Um, but if you look at our numbers in Salesforce and at the chart in this post, you'll see at the end of the last week of the month, we still do bring in the bulk of our revenue. So even though it seems a little bit counterintuitive that there wouldn't be that sense of urgency without discounts, our sales team is still doing a really great job of getting that sense of urgency across to the customer. And again, a lot of that comes back to what were your goals? If we get this live by the end of the month, then you'll be able to do X next month and really focusing on the time to value is what we call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Bennett, the Director of Sales at Inbound Marketing Agency Impact, had a booking problem. Before, on HubSpot meetings, their website visitors had to take a huge seven or eight clicks from form submission through to meeting booked. Plus, they couldn't see who was abandoning midway through. With the help of Chili Piper, 
They're down to around just three clicks to book meeting and have full visibility into any drop-offs. One main friction point before was lead routing. HubSpot meetings added a form field plus two extra clicks just to do this. Chili Piper allows them to distribute leads to the right sales rep super fast. As a result, Impactful have increased book meetings and provide a web experience both web visitors and their revenue teams love. We're constantly trying to just make the web experience better. To us, the most valuable thing was providing a delightful experience for people on the website because that's often the first touch point people have with us as people. Get your free demo of Chili Piper today at chilipiper.com slash BGS. That's C-H-I-L-I-P-I-P-E-R dot com slash BGS. Are you tired of the competition stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on Google for the main services or products you offer? Or maybe you're already investing in SEO or marketing, but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Or perhaps you already work with a web or SEO agency, but they're just not getting you the results they promised. Let's fix that. Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with the results today. I guess it's. it sounds like a lot of this is having quite a transparent discussion up front with your prospect, with your customers. So getting those expectations mm-hmm. firm and clear so there's not really any disputes that might come back and bite you later in the sales cycle, <laughs> whether that's because they've talked to their peers and they've worked out they're getting a discount, whether mm-hmm. they've kind of seen something else elsewhere or whether they're just trying to push you. But I suppose if you're quite firm from day one, then all of this is is going to pay off dividends for yourself, your team and your revenue. Right. And we are super transparent. I mean, you can see our pricing on our website, but we also, during the demo call with our AE, they pull up a calculator and show the rep, the um the customer, hey, you have how many reps? How many leads do you get? And they go through the process right with their screen share so they can see how the pricing is calculated. It's not some mystery discount is applied for certain companies <laughs> yeah. and not you. It's very, very transparent. And I think, again, that helps because when people do talk in channels that we can't see, yeah, everyone's had the same experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got any recommendations, Tara, for any companies that are quite discount heavy, especially in those peak times, month end, quarter end, <laughs> that might want to transition to a similar model? Have you got any tips and kind of ideas on how they can transition from where they are now and kind of steps that they should put into play? It's really tough because, like I said, it's a slippery slope, right? Because once you start, people are (laughs) going to have that screenshot of, hey, I saw in the Slack group that this happened. So we're very lucky that this has been our policy from day one. We've never strayed from it. It's it's very tough to walk back. Um, I think one way you could look at it is just have a very firm kind of end date, or maybe it's this quarter, maybe it's 2023, starting that day, and we're not doing any discounts, but you have to be super firm or, again, you'll slip back into that same pattern yeah yeah we had um we had jeb blunt on the show a while back sales guru sales mm-hmm. legend one of my favorite sales authors <laughs> and he he wrote a book recently called how to sell a price increase which was mm-hmm. interesting but one of the main takeaways i took from it was essentially having m- mostly what you've been saying here to our clear conversations with your customers and if you are going to raise your pricing let them know well in advance 
give them a give them a phone mm-hmm. call or have a account manager or customer success manager give them a call well in advance and kind of share the exact reasons why it's happening share the value they're getting right now what they're going to get as a result of it so just just a lot of this is being very upfront giving people advance warning so it doesn't come as a shock um and mm-hmm. those kind of things really are just some some ideas that have helped me and, and might help other people that are, are tuning in today so right. touched on this a little bit um when it comes to and a lot of We've, we've talked about this on past episodes, but a lot of B2B organizations, a lot of tech companies, SaaS companies, et cetera, are, are quite scared to be open with their with their pricing. Do you think that kind of sharing pricing on your website is is helpful when it comes to reducing discounts and, and helping out your sales team? Yeah, definitely. I think for me as a marketer, the last thing I want is an inbound lead booking a demo with a sales rep and being completely shocked about pricing. I, I Best case scenario, they already have a rough idea of what the pricing would be and they just need to talk through their specific use case. Maybe there's a product they didn't know about, but it shouldn't be getting on that call and having sticker shock because then to me, that's not a qualified lead in that case, right? Because the sales rep has to kind of figure out with them like, okay, the value is this and maybe you're, yep. there's some misalignment here. So I, I would be really nervous as a marketer passing over those leads who had just no idea at all what the pricing was. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm firmly in the same same camp as yourself. I mean, for example, we didn't share pricing on our website until about a year ago, um, and then mm-hmm. we start getting a bunch of inquiries, whether that was for SEO for websites or something else, and they were just they just couldn't afford what we did. So it was wasting my right. time, my sales team's time, um, when yeah, we basically put up in our case on the agency world, we we tend to focus on a few tiers. So we put like from this option A to B might be around this bracket from this option b to c around mm-hmm. this bracket and this option c to d might be around this bracket so it's quite broad terms because project pricing can vary compared to kind of SaaS. but it meant that we were quite clear on these are our starting rates and as a result we got less leads but the inquiries that we do get now are more qualified because they have an idea what our rates are at and they have an idea what's included for each so then when we get on these conversations we're not kind of wasting the the prospects time we're not wasting our sales team's time we're having better conversations because we don't have to have a 20 minute discovery call and then they realize our price and then they're like well that's way more than i thought that's (laughs) never going to work um just makes everyone's life easier i think right and i think going back to your point if you were a sales rep i don't think you would want your calendar filled with demos of people that had a budget of a hundred (laughs) dollars like you probably would be you'd much rather have half the amount of meetings and people that yeah. had a legitimate interest and were qualified. So that's how For we sure. try to think of it internally as well. I've spoken to quite a few, this is probably going to annoy a few people, and I, but I know a lot of companies still do it. I've spoken to quite a lot of senior B2B marketers and had like debates with them. And because mm-hmm. some of them still have their pricing page, but they, they share like some of the key benefits, some of the key problems they solve, but then they'll still have an inquiry form, like speak to our sales rep to get pricing. Yeah. And usually the argument is, that their sales or their pricing page, sorry, is their best converting page. So it converts super well. Um, it gets them a ton of leads. Um, but they won't often share with me kind of how many drop off when they speak to sales. So when I ask mm. for the specific data, I say, great, it sounds like it's converting really well. But how many of those conversations with your sales team are not qualified in the sense that they simply don't have budget to work with you? that's always when they get there's a sticking point on the answer so it always throws me back to why not just sharing like why are you forcing people down a certain funnel or maybe there could be a happy medium whether that's like a pricing calculator or some kind Mm -hmm. of interactive tool on your website that gives people a little bit more info before they then set up that call 
I think at, at the very least you need to give them like a starting at kind of price, mm. right? Because to your point for something like if you're consulting or you're helping with different projects, depending on the company, you won't be able to say it's $200 a month and that's it. So, mm. But at least giving some frame of reference, because if it literally just says fill out this form and we'll let you know, to me that as a buyer, that's a red flag that maybe they're discounting for certain companies, but not everyone. Maybe I should do some hunting before I actually fill out that form. And again, for sales, I don't think I would want to be on the receiving end of those leads that have no frame of reference whatsoever. Yeah. I, I believe them that it converts really well. But again, I wouldn't want to be receiving all of those leads either. I would like to know the percentage of which are qualified and which would be interesting, but I don't think I'm ever going to get that data. Not anytime soon anyway, unless they become a client. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be really curious actually if anyone posted if they're doing that today and they change it, mm. kind of what results they're seeing and how the relationship with sales has changed. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd like to test that. Okay. Are there any other, I know you mentioned review sites. Are there any other sites where you think that you should mm -hmm. kind of openly share pricing details or any relevant information that might help out your team when it comes to avoiding discounts? Other than pricing, I mean, on your own site is the obvious one, but we've covered that. Um, review sites are a perfect one because they're literally looking at you versus a competitor. So they want to see, okay, what is the range that I should be looking at pricing wise? So that's one site where you definitely yep. should have the pricing. Gotcha. But those are the only real ones that I that come to mind. I think the other thing is obviously sometimes in communities, people will ask pricing and you can jump in and <laughs> give the straight answer. Um but again, you might not see those conversations happening. So that's a little tougher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think there's some, are there any other aspects of your website or could be social media or elsewhere that you think can support your sales team? Um, so for example, sometimes when we're working with B2B companies, we actually ask them to share things on their website, like who is a great fit for your product and who's not. Um, mm. Maybe talk about like the problems you solve and maybe share a bit more about the process of how you actually work with teams that can also help with the qualif qualification stages. Um, any examples of those, Tara, that you've seen kind of work quite well? Yeah, I think a lot of companies in our space, including us, um, make a point of saying that we're for B2B. So for a, a tool like ours, it technically could be used in B2C use cases. But then when you compared us to other tools, you might, get again, get sticker shock at the pricing because you're not using the bulk of the features that we've built out for B2B. So just being super explicit on social, on our website, that we're for B2B revenue teams, B2B marketers and sales, and also just highlighting the logos of customers that we work with, I think can help set that frame of reference too. So you might see some familiar names and familiar logos on that site, and that will help you just kind of realize like, okay, this is for me, or maybe these are just giant enterprise companies only, and I should explore other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of this is just enabling prospects or customers on your website. Mm -hmm. So literally giving them the information that they're probably, the sales team are probably getting asked for day in, day out. And I know a lot of companies I speak to, their sales team have to send out like endless PDFs, presentations, <laughs> PowerPoints, all mm -hmm. this stuff, whether that's a pricing chart, whether that's case studies, whether that's logos they've worked with, whether that's your process, and you find out you've got four or five different PDFs or PowerPoints, some of which might be going to spam, most of which your prospects <laughs> aren't going to take the time to flick through. But if your website can be transparent on all these points we've talked about, it's, it's going to enable your sales team so much more because they're not going to have to explain it on sales schools. Prospects can just grab the information mm -hmm. they need, see if they're a good fit, see who else you're helping, understand how you work, check out what your rates are, 
And then when they're ready, they can kind of book that demo, request that call or whatever that next stage is. Um, just makes everyone's life a lot simpler, I think. Right. And it also lets the sales rep have more time to dive into, say, other tools that you have or other products that the prospect maybe hadn't come across yet, but they know, okay, well, if your main pro or flagship product costs this much, then maybe we should explore the other tools that you have, where if you have to start from scratch and they don't know anything about your pricing, anything about how the product works because their website is all a bit too vague on who it's for, then instead of spending time on those kind of basic aspects, they can dive into other use cases, other ways that your product can be used. Yeah. 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 Um, and just to wrap things up, do you think, or do you know of any opportunities that you might lose by taking this route that we've discussed today? So do you think there are other situations and is that a good thing I, in terms, cause I know some <laughs> customers, if they're continually bugging you for a discount, they might not always be the best fit. Um, but do you think it's it's hamstrung or it's penalized your, your organization, your company in any way by taking this approach? I can't think of a specific case where it has yet. I think there is always the risk that some that some companies just want a discount and they won't drop it. And I think that's where, again, with SaaS, a lot of the revenue is recurring, right? So if you discount 10% now, you're going to be discounting them 10% every year. And then it's a mm -hmm. new negotiation every time a renewal comes up. So it's not just that one-time thing. Yeah. So I think, again, if you have a policy like this, you really have to stick to your guns because if another customer hears, hey, I heard at the one-year renewal, they got this <laughs> discount that we didn't get. And then your AMs have to have that same pricing conversation over and over. It's yeah. That can be tricky. Um, I don't know of a specific case that that's happened with us just yet. I'm sure it comes up here and there, but I haven't been <laughs> looped in on those. Yeah. And then right. at the very top of the funnel, you might be losing people who either just don't have the budget for your product or are a little bit shocked at the pricing and they're just turned off and it can be tough to win those people back. But again, you're bringing in more qualified people than not. So I think it's worth the trade-off. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like you say, it can be, become a bit of a snowball effect. If, if everyone mm -hmm. is hearing about discounts and reductions and all that kind of thing, and it's it's going to build up over time, especially like you say, when it comes to renewals, people renewing mm -hmm. their contract, and they're, they're just going to probably push for more than they had before, um, which is, is not a great conversation for your sales team. So, yeah, I think we've covered some good ground, Tara. Are there any other final points that we haven't perhaps chatted about when it comes to supporting our sales team or anything else that we can do outside of the sales, whether that's your website, whether that's your marketing or any other materials that that can basically put people in the best standpoint when it comes to not offering discounts on their services or their wares. Yeah, I think the best thing you can do from the marketing perspective is to make that value clear before the sales call happens so that the sales rep is really just diving into their specific use case and getting them excited about the product versus educating them on what your company does and how much it costs. I think all of that, again, should be kind of baseline. They should already know those things. And the call with the aid or your AM, however your team is structured, but that call with the rep should be very focused on their specific use case, not what is your company overall do and what is that messaging? So I think a lot of that is on marketing and making sure that you're getting in front of your audience on whatever channels your audience spends time on, which is the bulk of our job as marketers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And do you think some of that comes down to like a demand generation play? So can some of that affect perhaps in the B2B world, if your audience is hanging out on LinkedIn, and you're putting out ads to your to your ideal client profile and their personas. Do you think some of the ads that you put out and some of the organic social content you put out, can that come into play and can that reinforce and support some of these things we've talked about? 
Definitely. I haven't seen an example of anyone on organic social specifically having, here's what we cost, here's our pricing. <laughs> but I think um, just showing those use cases and how many different ways your product is used, whether you're saving people time, maybe you're helping them bring in more revenue on their own website and just making those wins super clear. is That's something that we highlight in pretty much all of our organic social and also on the paid side. Got it. Good stuff. Tara, thanks very much for coming on. Always, always enjoy having you on this show. So with that said, please do tell us more about how everyone can connect with yourself, more about Chili Piper and the best way to get in touch. Sure. Thanks so much, Sam, for having me back. It's always fun. Um, so you can find out more about Chili Piper just on our website, chilipiper.com. And we help B2B revenue teams bring in more revenue, more meetings from the existing traffic that you already have on your website. And I'd love it if you could connect with me on LinkedIn. Thanks so much. Good stuff. We'll put all of those over in the show notes over at businessgrowth.marketing. Cheers, Tara. And as always, if you enjoyed today's episode, a quick subscribe or a quick rating on your podcast channel or YouTube goes a long way and is much appreciated. And with that, we should catch you on the next episode for more No BS actual B2B marketing tips to grow your business and grow your revenue. Cheers for tuning in.